What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Right.com and welcome. I'm so glad you made it. Have a listen. This is an interesting day. As usual, today, Bernie Sanders bowed out. Yes, he decided he was finally done with the campaign, but we knew he wasn't ever going to run, you know, honestly be a president. He knew it even before the heart attack. He's a professional runner for president, if there's a, such a word. He professionally runs for president to get his message out there. Communism, you know, that whole thing. And so he, I don't think he thought he would make it this far, to be honest. But he had no intentions of ever really being president. I don't think his wife would have even allowed it after the heart attack. But Jill, Joe Biden's wife, she doesn't mind propping her husband up at ad nauseum. And the poor man embarrasses himself almost every single time. My gosh, I mean, that's kind of frightening that a person that's supposed to love you the most in the world is willing to just prop you up for whatever reason, let you embarrass yourself, let you say things that you're going to be embarrassed about later, just so what, you can be the first lady or or maybe she's got an agenda. Who knows? People in Washington, they all seem to have an agenda. That deep state thing is real and Trump knows it's real. We know it's real and it is happening. It's very subversive and it is very insidious at this moment. While we're going through this pandemic, they are plotting and scheming and putting things in place that we may not be able to get rid of for years. And that is a scary thought. We will get rid of it because that's that's how we're made. We're Americans. I think they forgot that. They, they think we're because, you know, we listened to them about this pandemic. We're doing the social distancing and we're being obedient to the doctors. I think they think they've got us by the balls, but I think that we know that they're wrong. That mm-hmm. is why it is imperative that we don't allow them to take our fundamental rights away. They've already stopped our churches from having services. That's too much. That's overreach, in my opinion. I mean, sure, they should have given the churches the opportunity to do the social distancing on their own, like they do at the grocery store, like they do at the fast food stores. Why can't they trust the churches will do the very same thing at the churches? But no, they had to jump in there and say, okay, no mass, no church services. That bothers me. And that ought to bother you too. And I hope and pray that we stay on top of it because if we're not careful, we may never get our country completely back. And while we were so swift to accept everything that we were told to do and and, and about the coronavirus shutdown and quarantine, I believe that as usual, the leftist socialist communists are taking full advantage of this situation to implement their secular public policies bringing America ever closer to their ideal of American socialism. 
which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from communism, let's be honest. What, they want to stretch this time period, the period between, you know, when they first told us to stay shut in if you can, if you're not in an essential uh, job. But I think they want to stretch it out. In fact, Bill Gates has said as much. Trump wants us back to work, and I think most workers want back to work. I think we're grown up enough to be careful enough to stay away from each other to a certain degree. Um, I can go to Costco and they have it all set up where the lines are a certain way. They have tape on the floor so you know how far away you are in the line from the person in front of you. And I think that's a very smart way to be. I don't think we need to be shut down anymore at this point. I think we should consider social distancing a voluntary thing. And particularly since we do have what I think is a cure, the anti-malaria uh, compound that people are taking. I'm seeing wonderful results. But, you know, the powers that be, and I mean by that, I don't mean real power. I'm talking about the people who have that subversive power, like Bill Gates. He wants it to go on another 10 weeks, another 10 weeks of this, another 10 weeks of no Mexican food. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be trivial. I realize this is people's jobs. These are people's businesses. This is people living their best life, and they have contaminated it. They're not the ones that created the coronavirus. The Chinese did that. They're saying we did it. I don't believe so. It came, it, it came out of Wuhan. And I find it preposterous that they're trying to uh, let China off the hook in the mainstream media. I find that preposterous. I don't understand how they think they can get away with that in front of the American people unless they think we are completely gullible and willing to accept whatever they say. I don't think we're that gullible, not anymore. So the trust factor that the news media used to have has been eroded to such a point that we will we listen to them kind of with a side eye because, you know, you kind of take anything they say with a grain of salt because we went through the impeachment. We went through the whole, you know, not covering his rallies on mainstream media. Um, we went through their bias. We went through them saying the same monotonous stories on station after station, actually repeat the very same sentences. And then the Democrat nominees repeated exactly what they said on the news as though they were all getting some special memo to repeat, as if to say, if they say the same lie long enough and loud enough, then people will believe them. I suppose there's a certain part of our society that will believe them. People who really don't want to think. I mean, there are people who actually don't want to think. They don't want to get up and use their brain on anything. So for those mindless people, they're kind of at the mercy of those bad people and those of us who think. And that's kind of sad. And I don't know how we got that way, but I think mind-numbing television has done it, to be honest. Because I watched television growing up, and it was amazing. I loved television. I, I was a Brady Bunch follower. My favorite show was Brady Bunch, and I love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke. And uh, I had a lot of favorites. But the shows that they watch today, it, it's so different 
than what I remember. I mean, our stories always had a moral at the end of the story. Remember Lassie? Even Lassie had a moral at the end of the story. Today's shows don't have a moral at the end of the story. They just find out who killed a person. That's pretty much it. You know, that, uh, that consistency of, of mayhem. I mean, if you don't have mayhem or some, some sort of major sin in the movie, then there's no movie or television show. It's got to have something go wrong. That's the sin. Usually murder or rape or, or something, you know, something sensational. And then you have someone solve it. And then at the end, after the crescendo at the, you know, the climax, and then everybody bang, 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 some, you know, sh gunshots or whatever. And then there's a denouement afterwards where the storyline goes down and everything's wrapped up tidily at the end of the show. That's pretty much ordinary. I mean, when I've written stories, I have to tell you, that's an easy formula to follow. I mean, most every writer follows that formula. It's not always mayhem. It can be a family dynamic. It could be anything. But... I mean, it could be war, but for the writer, it is, uh, it's almost a formulaic way of, of making a story work. But speaking of work, our people really do want to get back to work. And I believe that our president is trusting scientists like everybody told him he ought to trust scientists. But I'm not sure if I'm trusting the scientist that he's listening to at this point, Dr. Fauci's to be specific, because Dr. Fauci keeps making it bigger than life. We're all going to die. It's going to be 100,000 people are going to die. And then, you know, when it doesn't happen to the degree we're all happy and relieved, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you, you if you expect the worst and, it, only, and it, it doesn't happen as bad as you thought it would happen, then somehow you're happy. I think that he makes he makes me question what he says. He's on the television all the time, as well as the Governor Cuomo from New York. I don't know why we in Texas have to listen to Governor Cuomo from New York, um, even on Fox. Why are we listening to him? It's New York. It's not like I don't care. It's just that how is that going to affect me here in Texas? You know, why do I have to listen to the governor of New York? I, I don't know. And his voice is starting to grate on my nerves as well, kind of like Adam Schiff's did during that time period. And by the way, Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi are already in cahoots coming up with another, get it, impeachment scam. They want to investigate how Trump handled this pandemic. I mean, it happened everywhere. The word pan, meaning all over pan, like pan America, pandemic. Started somewhere else, came here. Trump is a new president, relatively new to politics. And I think he's handling it damn well. I really do, considering the odd, there's so many people against him. I don't know how he knows who to believe and who to trust in Washington, D.C. But the fact that the media love Dr. Fauci, that's what makes me question him. I mean, when I turned on The View, I know nobody watches it but me, but I turned on The View just to have my little hate fest thing going on. And when the totally brainwashed media like like Joy Behar and Sonny Hostin uh, and even, you know, the ever uh, Megan McCain, you know, she's always she always has to say some some sort of dig against, you know, Ivanka or Jared Kirsch or Kirshner or whatever, and she, it's obvious that she's jealous because she always has a little dig for them. And I think that's kind of sad because, 
you know, she's a grown girl and jealousy just kind of looks ugly on anybody. But she always has a dig. Like she always asks as though. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Those two are supposed to be the medical specialists all of a sudden. They, don't, they know nothing about medicine. Why would they be a part of this ordeal? We need people who know something about medicine. Our president barely knows anything of his own. He has to trust other people. And he's trusting those people as we, as we, you or I, would trust our own personal doctor. So the fact that people at ABC News love and support and want us to believe everything that Dr. Fauci says scares me a little bit. I'm just going to be honest because I don't trust ABC News. There's... As far as I'm concerned, they are probably they're neck to neck with CNN as far as evilness. And you know, they're all a part of the same snake, basically. But we want to get back to work. But Bill Gates calling for uh, more of a consistent nationwide approach to shutting down. I mean, he wants the federal government to shut everything down rather than the states doing it on their own. We are the United States of America. I don't know if he got that memo. We are separate states. In fact, here in Texas, we still know we could secede from the union. If, if you guys don't behave yourself outside of Texas, we could still secede and we'll be just fine. We have our own resources. So uh, it's the United States, Bill. And I think Bill is one of those superpower type people like Soros who wants his hand in the till, who wants a, to be a part of everything because he knows that if they get what they want in the socialism socialist existence in the United States of America, if they get what they want, then you'll have the super elite people who have everything and everybody else will be poor suckers, just like they are in Venezuela, just like in China. They said that, you know, in China, everybody has to work really hard, whether they want to or not, and at whatever job the government tells them they have to do. You know, if they, if they are a lazy bum, they're still going to work, which is, Fine to me. I think everybody who can work should work, but there's different ways to work. And I wouldn't like, want the government determining that as they do in China, as they do in Venezuela, and as they used to do in Soviet Russia. And I know that because I, I have friends who, who were raised there. And uh, one friend, she was raised in Russia. She was actually a medical doctor and she moved here. And here she didn't have her, her medical license I don't know if she was even going for it, but she said she never really wanted to be a doctor. But I guess her grades were really good and they, they, they thought that would be her, her thing. But that's what she was trained as a doctor in Russia. And here she was doing just kind of a regular job. So translation, the fact that Bill Gates is calling for more national control over the shutdown tells me he's into that socialism thing. And it's time for us to really pay attention as to what they're doing. Even though they're saying, don't look at too much TV, even though TV lies to us a lot, they do drop a lot of hints. 
And those hints can be pertinent as to our survival individually and as a country. If there's any confusion at this point as to uh, the danger of this coronavirus, I think it's been proven on the news. It sounds a little bit more dangerous than the flu. It sounds a little bit more uh, not as controlled because we know more about the flu. But it sounds a little little bit worse, but I don't think we're all going to die. I do think we know what we're doing. I think doctors know what they're doing at this point. And I think if the rich people don't hoard everything, like the testing supplies, then I think the rest of us will be fine. I was watching uh, Stacey Morgan, uh, a comedian, and he was talking about, he heard about, uh, he's, he's staying in place in his home, and he had a beautiful aquarium behind him, you know, one of those wall-sized aquariums. And he was talking about this tiger at the zoo that tested positive for coronavirus. And so he started, and I'm sure he was joking, but he started saying, yes, I'm going to get my animals uh, tested, my dogs, my cat. He even wants to get his sharks tested for coronavirus. I, that's when you know he, he was just kidding. But you think about it. There are a lot of liberal elites who are sitting at home in par- surroundings who can afford to get testing, to get that chloroquine stuff, to get, to get everything that they need brought to their door. The rest of us, if something happens like that, we have to go to the hospital, maybe get contaminated with somebody else's disease. But yeah, they have that option. So I kind of getting sick and tired of seeing people in these posh situations, very posh, saying, oh, yes, I'm staying at home. Look at what a good American I am. I'm staying at home. Oh, well, you have a wine cellar. I just have a little wine refrigerator. That's all I've got. So I'm just thinking, yeah, if I had a wine cellar, and I, well, I do have a freezer of food, but if I had a wine cellar and a freezer of food, I could stay hunkered down for a couple of years. But as it is, my refrigerator only holds 30 bottles of my favorite wines. And so now I wanted to uh, ask people, if you do comment, on uh, comment on Kathy's right discussion and uh, conversation and support uh, on Facebook. Because that's where I go immediately after my show. I go and check and see what's going on and if anybody listened. So if you do have something to say, I would love to hear it. And I hope that we're all taking care of ourselves. I I think that a lot of times when you're home a lot and you don't go out, you kind of forget to comb your hair, you know, maybe brush your teeth, maybe tweeze the eyebrows or whatever. But... Those things become important. I saw myself in the mirror <laughs> yesterday, and I about screamed. I'm like, ah, it was frightening. I said, oh, my gosh, who is that? I'm so glad. I, <laughs> I'm so glad nobody saw me. And, you know, my poor husband, he's, he, he's in love. I mean, this man says I look beautiful when I know I look like Don King sometimes. You know, I mean, my hair is sticking up, no makeup. Oh, you're beautiful. I'm like, uh-uh. Either he's blind or he's just still really in love because... That's my husband. Thank God for him. Or maybe, you know, maybe God makes him go blind a little bit on purpose as we age. Who knows? That might be the reason for the whole thing. But the longer the shutdown, the more time the socialists are going to have to make changes and slide in some creepy things. They're already talking about another stimulus package with another big bonus. You saw how they put the pork 
in this last one, you know, the Kennedy Senator, Kennedy Center, Kennedy Center and whatnot. And you saw how they did that. They put a lot of pork in there, a lot of uh, green deal things that uh, nobody really needs or wants except for AOC and the squad. And the squad is already getting ready for this next stimulus thing or they're going to add it to this one. But I was reading yesterday that the squad, they're planning on putting something in the stimulus package so that they pay illegals, illegal aliens, that they get cut a check to. Now, just hold on a minute. We just got it slowed down, illegal immigration, which is a detriment to our safety and our health because drugs come through there too. We were really making a big dent and this pandemic came and then even Mexico began to guard its borders, which slowed it down. But you know, Mexican cartels live in Mexico too, so it's not gonna come to a complete halt, but I'm sure better than nothing to slow it down, don't you think? So we just slowed it down and now the squad wants to put something in there that will reel in more illegals. Let's cut you a check if you get here. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Our tax dollars are going for all sorts of nonsense all over the world. We're paying for people that, that hate us. And now we're going to incentivize people coming into our country illegally. It was bad enough that we were doing the welfare thing. I know California is notorious about that. They are so good at giving welfare that they have the biggest homeless population in the country because they're just so good at it. And I remember because I lived in California for 26 years. There were people who came to California just because they had such an easy to get into welfare situation and they would get Section 8, um, what was it, food stamps. Um, everything was paid for. All they had to do was take a class, at a community college, one class, and they got all of these benefits. So people specifically moved to California to abuse the system. And if Americans could do it, and you know those coming through the borders of Mexico are doing it. And it, I'm, not I'm not talking about Mexicans anymore because most of them that are coming in right now are coming from Central and South America. Mexico was just letting them go through kind of, you know, here you go. And then Trump said, no, you're going to have to watch your borders because they have to cross two borders before they get to the United States of America. Your southern border and then our southern border. And the fact that they get through yours so easily and you just sort of send them through, that's got to stop. That's why I love our president. Why didn't somebody do that before? Why didn't any American president put their foot down before? And especially now, because all those positions, those jobs that Americans thought they were too good to do, they're going to be available and people are going to be hungry and nobody wants to go without food. I, I know this is something that Americans, we need to, to take a look in the mirror about, about jobs and inner cities. And inner cities are the worst places for people to be poor. Because in the inner city, there's no place to get a low-level paying position, like working in the fields, like picking strawberries and, and avocados off of trees and oranges. Americans could do those jobs, but 
I think a lot of us think that we're too good for that. And I think that's the problem. Why, why are we too good for that? Why? That creates this vacuum for illegals to come in. It's almost like they're necessary because Americans, think, I mean, I have talked to, I've actually done, I did a news program years ago. About- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. About this, you know, about people who were on welfare. And, you know, I heard more than once, um, you know, I'd say, so, you know, this was a generational family thing. And I wanted to know why, you know, the mother was on welfare and then the daughter was on welfare and she was having a baby and her baby was going to be on welfare. And it was a generational thing and it was creepy and frightening. And the response I got from two different people in two different families when I did this report, and it was back in the early 80s, um, they said, well, what do you want me to do, work at McDonald's? I'm like, yeah, my first job was at McDonald's. That was my very first job. You're too good to work at McDonald's? You'd rather sit home and, and take welfare than work at McDonald's? What's wrong with working at McDonald's? What the heck? You, you know, my my fa- my family, my parents were hard, hard workers. My father at one point would have four jobs. My mom would have two or three at some points. And yes, when, when they moved to Houston from Louisiana, my mother cleaned houses. And she cleaned a lot of houses. Some of the houses weren't even as nice as our house, but she cleaned them. And she worked. And I never knew that we were somehow poor because I never felt poor. I always had everything that I ever needed and wanted. But my parents were proud people. And proud people work. And and they do things sometimes that they don't enjoy. Not everybody's going to have one of those passion jobs, you know, where you don't feel like you're working because it's just so damn fun. Some people actually work for a living to feed their families. So I really wish uh, more Americans would get off this attitude about being too good to do a certain kind of job. Because I know for a fact, if I had to do a certain kind of job in order to feed my children, I'll do that job, have done it. I remember when my husband and I were young and younger, and um, you know he, he got laid off before and I got a job quick, waiting tables. It was great. I love that job. And I've had important jobs. I've worked at television and movies and all that stuff. And I've had important jobs, but actually by far, that was the most fun job I ever had because I love talking to people. And in fact, my boss used to tell me all the time, you talk too long at each table. But I got big tips. And I got, I mean, I got huge tips. I had five tables and they sat there for at least an hour each. I was going to get at least $10 
$15 a tip for that table, even if they only spent maybe 50, 60 bucks, because that $10 tip means they really liked you. And I went the extra mile every time because I treat people the way I want them to treat me. So when I, I am a big tipper now, because once you've wait, waited tables, you're always going to be a bigger tipper. But yeah, I like that. I like that work. And when I worked at McDonald's, I washed dishes. It was horrible. But it, and it wasn't fun. But I needed the money. So I'm, I'm just thinking that, that America, we really need to take a look in the mirror, especially during this time, and look at ourselves and, and ask ourselves what's important. What is our purpose? What does God want from us? Not every job is going to be glamorous. Not every job. You can have some. I'm an artist. So in between doing this show and, and taking care of my home, I paint. Now, an artist can be an artist with three different jobs. Most artists have to have other kinds of jobs. That's just something that you do. You do what you have to do. That's what red-blooded Americans do. And this is how we live. We work. And I hope and pray that people hear this. And when they go back to work, I know everybody's going to, they're going to appreciate their jobs so much more after this ordeal. So we're all sick of Bill Gates. And, oh, it will be uh, aforementioned the stimulus, the second one. Another, they're talking another $2 trillion and the jobs bailout. And the pork that they're going to put into that one, I think is going to be the more dangerous of the two stimulus packages. It hasn't been said for sure, but it looks like it's going to happen. So I think that the 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 people that are in charge now, we have to watch the bureaucrats because those are the ones that really work for the deep state. They're the ones that are getting paid under the table. And they're the ones that are covering up for people like Epstein and Hillary Clinton and the former FBI chief, and all of those people. Um, we still don't know anything about that island. And we don't know, there's a lot that's not being talked about because all they talk about is this coronavirus. Like we would have known so much more about this coronavirus in January had they not been impeaching our president. They were so busy impeaching the president that basically it flooded the news. They didn't talk about anything else. So now the news people are saying, oh, he wasn't concerned. He formed a task force in January. Nobody knew because you guys were busy trying to take him down. Not you guys, but you know what I mean, the media. And that media, they are one and the same as the Democratic Party. Same thing. There's, there's no separation. There's, they're one and the same. They're, one, they're like one entity. I did a, a blog a while back. It was called Don't Be Like Eve. And I'm talking about serpents because I don't like snakes. And I just don't like snakes. I don't care how many people will tell me, oh, that's a good snake or that's a bad snake. No, I hate, hate snakes. And if I'm not running from it, I have to kill it. Because, I mean, those are the two things, run or kill it. And one time uh, when I was in California, I opened my back door uh, for my kitchen. And on my freshly cleaned saltillo tile porch was a snake. Now, I didn't know what kind of snake it was. I didn't know if it was a good snake or a bad snake, but it was a snake and it was it was preventing me from taking my mop out there because, you know, I had just mopped the floor. And so I take that wooden end of the mop and I'm hitting the head of that snake. I'm hitting the head 
oh my gosh. It was, it, you know, the more I hit it, the more it came towards me. I'm like, the nerve of that thing, you know, I was trying to keep it away from my house, away from, you know, my children were at school. So, and so I kept hitting pretty soon. I don't know, I was there for a while. I worked up a sweat. And pretty soon the head was completely smashed and there was snake blood on my subtilio tile. Yeah, it was disgusting. The thing still was moving, still moving. So I'm thinking, darn it, I mean, why won't it die? I'm, <laughs> anyway, so I get, a, you know, go in my garage, I get a shovel, because it was still wiggling. It wasn't going anywhere, it's just wiggling. I wanted it dead. There's no, no such thing as a good snake to me. It's only a dead snake. <laughs> so I scoop it up with that square shovel, and I put it inside this bucket, because I didn't want to throw it away in the trash, because it was still alive, and I didn't know if it was poisonous, because back then in California, they said if, if it is poisonous, you don't want to throw it in the trash because it'll do something to the landfill. I don't know what it was. They're all environmentalists there. I'm not that much into it. But anyway, so I put it in this metal bucket and I thought, okay, it's still moving. The thing would not die. And I pour the the gasoline. What, not gasoline. What'd you put on your barbecue pit? I poured some of that stuff on it. And I set it on fire. I said, okay, now it's going to die. And, you know, I had the bucket in the middle of the driveway so it wouldn't burn my house down. So I'm waiting for that thing that, you know, to die down and it did and I go and I approach the bucket and I look in there it was still moving this disgusting thing was still moving so I covered it up and I didn't tell the kids about it when they came home from school I just told my husband so that he could get rid of it you know without them knowing because the, the last time I killed a snake my son cried and he said mom you're killing mother nature and I'm like who's what are they teaching you at that school, Mother Nature? That's a snake. You're killing Mother Nature. Oh, goodness. Anyways, they're trying to turn all of our kids into communists. I, I think it's a snake is a snake, and they'll all bite your kids eventually. So that's how I feel about snakes. But uh, anyways, the reason I brought up snakes is because I did the story about this two-headed snake. And the two-headed snake, it was Dave and Dave. It was a real thing. Uh, it was in the news and everything, and it had a couple articles I read about Dave and Dave. And um, and they're actually, they're rare, but they're still found in nature. And they, you know, they're, they're poisonous, this Dave and Dave. But the thing is, I was thinking that the Democratic Party and mass mainstream media are the two-headed snakes. They share the same digestive tract, uh, but they still fight over their food even though it's going into the same stomach or whatever they have in there. And I found that interesting, but that's what the Democratic Party is. They are just like Satan, the, s the snake. They promise you everything. What, it's, what happened to people when, not people, Jesus? What happened when Jesus went out to the desert? That's when he was tempted by Satan. When we went through this election, what did the Democratic Party do? Tempt people, promise them the moon, just like Adam and Eve were tempted in, in the Garden of Eden. Promise them the moon. We're going to give you free this. We're going to give you free that. You don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about that. And then on top of everything, we're going to take care of the environment. They're going to be environmentalists, which is what they've been brainwashing our kids in. So this whole thing, the government is, 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 Basically, we are a two-party system, even though they try to be other things. But the Democratic Party is really the party of sin, if you ask me, because they're promoting 
things that are sinful. I mean, I my heart breaks and goes out to people who suffer with, with homosexuality, but the act itself is still a sin. And so when you're pro- propagating something that's sinful like that and, and propagating abortion, which is ultimately the most sinful thing in my opinion, um, then you're the party of sin. And if you're the party that you know propagates Planned Parenthood, who dishes out uh, contraceptive so people can be more promiscuous, then you're the party of sin. If you're the party that wants us to be a part of this whole global thing instead of the party of America, to me, being non-patriotic is a sin. That's in my book. I don't know how God feels about it, but I know I, I just think that's the worst thing you could be. If you're blessed enough to be born in this country, you better be patriotic to some degree. My gosh. And look how good we have it. So this is what I'm thinking. And so the Democratic Party, the party of sin, Satan, we're in our desert, so to speak. Now, all of us are trapped in our homes. We can't come, come and go as we please. We're kind of in the desert like Jesus was in the desert. And when they're in the desert, the, Satan's going to tempt us, try to get us to do stuff that's bad for us. And he's going to make a lot of empty promises. And that's what we're going to be watching for. Because they're going to promise us the moon. We're getting a check, right? Everybody's waiting for a check. We're all acting like Democrats now. So we're all sitting at home doing nothing, waiting for the government to tell us where we can go and when we can go. And it doesn't get more communistic than that. And I don't think it was an intended outcome. But I think that those who are advising our president at this point in time like Fauci, I do not trust. I do not trust it. This is too tempting for Satan or the Democratic Party. It's too tempting for them to take full advantage of our situation. And you know they will. Because Satan always gets you when you're weak. When you're down. He takes advantage of your weakness. That's how he gets you. Every time. So you got to watch out. And you got to be strong. You got to stay, stay completely prayed up. I don't know if you're Catholic or Baptist or Presbyterian. At this point, we are all Christians and we are all in this war. And we have to fight for Christ. We have to fight for Christ to come back and to our churches. We shouldn't have to fight to go to mass. We shouldn't have to fight to do that. That man, that preacher who was arrested, that is a travesty. Every denomination ought to be paying his, his legal fees every denomination. I don't care if he believes in pickles. Because he believes in Jesus, we ought to be paying his bill. Because that, if he, if they get away with that, he, they're going to come after all of us. They're going to just, that's why the NRA exists. If they can go after this guy for this gun, they're going to come get all of our guns. If they can go after that Christian, they can come after us too. Trust and believe They will use that opportunity. This is their opportunity. This is America at its weakest point right now. And you better believe the communists are going to take advantage of it. The socialists in our country already are going to take advantage of it. And if we're not ready and stay prayed up, I swear, this is not the country we're going to want. Now, we know as Christians, we know that that this war has already been won on the cross. It's been one, but the Bible also talks about the tribulation. Now, I know uh, we all have different uh, aspects of how that'll look, 
like end times. I don't know if this is the end times. I'm not going to tell you it's the end time because I really don't know. But you got to be ready just in case. The Protestants have the rapture. I don't know if all Protestants believe that, but I had a neighbor who was Baptist and she told me about the rapture and the left behind. I didn't really buy into it because I'm not a, I'm not a literalist uh, in some parts of scripture. I, I see the different kinds of scripture. Uh, some things are symbolic to me and some things are to be taken literal, but my faith teaches me you can take it literally or figuratively. It's your choice. So, but some people believe that, you know, that the, the, the rapture, I'm a Catholic. I've had, I've had prophecies. Now, if you Protestants heard our prophecies from the saints, you'd be scared because the three days of darkness, nothing to joke about. And many, many saints have had the same prophecy, not even knowing of one another because they didn't have telephones. And all of these saints, not during the same time period throughout history, predicted these three days of darkness. And that was preempting the end times. And you, and to prepare for that, you're supposed to be able to be able to be hunkered down in your house, have blessed candles, pray the rosary. Um, if you're not Catholic, play, pray the Our Father. That's a prayer that we all have in common. But those things, and please, if you do look this up, the three days of darkness, there's so much misinformation because so many saints said stuff, and then throughout history, people added stuff and took away stuff. So I've read so many different interpretations, as I'm sure you guys do too, who are not Catholic. Um, you you have you know, like the Left Behind series. I'm sure is different than what the Seventh Day Adventists believe, or you know the the Episcopals believe. So we are all going to be different, but we're still, like I said, we're all soldiers for Christ here, and I'm hoping that we can bond together more than the viciousness that I see on Facebook. I, I just wanted to not be bothered anymore. You know, I posted something. I said, please, if you're anti-Catholic, do not, you know, just delete yourself because I don't want to argue with anybody. I don't want to fight with anybody. I don't want you telling me a bunch of nonsense and, you know, stuff that you've read that I, I thousand percent untrue. But I just find that, isn't it better to, to, to talk about what we have in common? Because we could always go there with the differences. We could always go there. If you were looking at two families, because we were, we're all in the same human family, but you're looking at two families, right? And one family believes in spanking, the other family doesn't. Belief system completely different, but do they both want to raise good, solid American kids? Yes. That's what I mean. So this is ripe for the pickings for anybody to come in and do some damage to the United States of America. And this is a time for us to be strong and to be faithful and to be prayed up. And there's no such thing as praying too much. And if you're not right with God, I, I suggest, I highly suggest that you get right with God really quick. You got to say you're sorry for your sins. I was on Facebook today with this, this guy. I felt so sorry for him because I was almost too sad to do my show today because he's he was talking about, sex. And he was saying how you don't have to be married. I'm like, but you should be married. And he was like, but that's not required. And he goes, are you saying this? And are you saying that? That's how, that's one of those gotcha questions. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying God's plan works just fine. Why reinvent the wheel? God's plan says father, mother, child, husband, wife, child, children, family. That plan has worked for thousands of years, but no young people want to reinvent the wheel. They want to treat sex like it's a recreational sport. 
And it's so sad because who pays? Children. The ones who are born, gratefully for that, or, as, or in the case of black families, more than 50% of those pregnancies end in the ending of the life of a child. So those are the fruits of the sexual revolution, which is another lie of Satan. So I hate to talk about Satan too much, but I think we forget about him. And I think that makes us believe that hell doesn't exist or that sin doesn't exist. And it does exist. Offending God hurts God. His heart, he showed us his heart on the cross. How could we hurt that kind of love for us? How could we betray that? Now, I know we're all sinners. I am not as pure as the driven snow. In fact, I'm going to get off of this and I'm going to have a big glass of wine after. And that's not really sinful, but I enjoy my, my glass of wine. I always do it right after my show, just to relax. But I really, you know, for you guys, I'm going to, I've already, I'm prayed up for today. And before I go to sleep, I'll probably do a rosary. And I'd love to explain that to you guys sometime because I love the rosary. People say that's not biblical, but everything in the rosary, it's biblical. It's all from the Bible completely. The whole Hail Mary full of grace is actually in the Bible, from the Bible, actually all of it. So the stories of Christ, the mysteries of the faith, these are interesting things. I learned so much, though, from other faiths. My Jewish friend, Lee, uh, not my my present friend, but my, my friend, her name was Lee too, but she lived in California. She was younger than me and she had two kids. And uh, Linda Lee, I forget her last name. But anyway, she was really sweet. And uh, she went to mass with me and she was Jewish. And um, she said she she'd kind of fallen away from her Judaism. And But I would always ask her questions about her Judaism. And I honestly think that if it, you know, if it weren't for Jesus, I'd probably be Jewish. Because, I mean, I believe everything she was that we talked about. But she goes, well, why don't you become a Jew? I go, because I can't turn my back on Jesus. I mean, that's huge. Can't do that. I mean, if you never had Jesus, I'm sad for you. But to become a Jew at this point, I'd have to turn my back on Jesus. And I can't do that. But I just, I love the Jewish faith. Um, I truly believe that as Catholics, we are adopted Jews, as Paul said, through adoption. And it says so in the scripture. And so they still have the children of God and God never breaks his covenants. He never breaks a covenant and he doesn't break his promises. He gave us a new covenant in Jesus and gave, he opened it to the Gentiles. And we get to have this awesome relationship with this awesome God. And, and we love him. So I want you guys to go out and have a great day. And I go out. That sounds terrible. I mean, stay in and have a great day if you can. If you're an essential worker, gosh, enjoy the fresh air for us. Um, I personally, I'm going to go sit on the porch for a bit and, because right now it's not mosquito season just yet. And I'm going to enjoy some fresh air. You go out and have a Kathy's right kind of day, people. There's all, all sorts of wonderful things you could do inside. You could play checkers, you could sew, you could paint, you could watch TV, but pay attention to what's going on. We still have a voice. We still have phones. We still have computers. Let's get out there in our souls. We can't get out there physically, but in our souls, we can be connected to our brothers and sisters. Say a prayer.
Stay prayed up. You never know. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.